Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back, baby. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Fisher Disciples, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Crider, gentlemen. The day we have been waiting for for a month or at least maybe the entire offseason. Colin Simmons, Duncanville High School Class 2024, top 10 recruit, the best defensive player out of Texas, committing yesterday to our Texas Longhorns. We thought there was a chance he'd go to the LSU Tigers. It was looking that way. Then in the last week, script flipped back to the boys in burnt orange. We get Colin Simmons. And now back-to-back years, we have one of the, if not the top defensive player in the recruiting class. Yeah, I mean, it's the back-to-back years. We have the best defensive player in the state of Texas, which is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, massive. But I'm kind of waiting to see the ripple effect now, right? Are there going to be guys who end up flipping? Are there going to be guys who decide to commit now? I mean, we're still waiting on Kobe Black's decision, who is crystal balled to come to us. Ryan Wingo is another one that's got a good chance of coming to us, receiver out of Missouri. Um, So, I mean, there's guys out there that are still huge impact players that can, you know, really catapult this recruiting class for us. I mean, those are both five stars I'm talking about, but let's see who else, you know, potentially wants to flip over. Um, I mean, Colin Simmons tweeted out, he said, class of 2024, like, be ready to flip because we're about to like make some noise here at Texas. So it's really, you know, it feels good. I mean, obviously, you know, we're waiting for guys like this to, to come in the building. I think I read that there hasn't been a Texas defensive player coming to Texas as high as he has since Jordan Hicks. Mm. So, I mean, worked out pretty good for us with Jordan Hicks. I mean, obviously he wasn't on the best of teams, but you know, he's, he's an NFL player and, you know, great, great product of our, of our program. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, Look, I, I was fearful that LSU was going to swoop him, but you just can't deny the Texas NIL money. You know, the, it's just – it's unbeatable. I mean, there's we, we talked about it yesterday. There's really only maybe two or three, four schools that can really match the amount of money that you're going to make if you come to Texas and you play football in Austin. I mean, USC is one of them. Um, we weren't even so sure that Bama was in that mix, you know. Um Georgia, maybe I don't know. I mean, like Ohio it's really State, hard to yeah, the Ohio State, the big, the blue bloods, Michigan, Ohio State, LSU, like these money, these teams are going to throw money. OU, I think, throws good. Yeah, money. but I'm, what I'm saying is that like we beat LSU on the money. I think yeah. like it came down to it, like they obviously couldn't match what we had. I think they maybe could, not maybe not match on a consistent basis, but I, don't, I also don't think they don't want to. I don't think they need to as much as we do. Like we're not in the same position as they are. Quite frankly, they they've won a championship more recently. Than they have. Um, they've won a few in this 21st century. Uh, they also have been recruiting better. They've been in the SEC longer. Defensive players, they've churned out better defensive players by and large. Uh, it's actually not even close over the last decade uh, to the NFL. So, yes, I think we could beat them monetarily, but I also don't think that's their game. Like, I feel like they don't need to go tit for tat with the Longhorns, whereas the Longhorns got to flex their monetary, their green muscle a little bit more right now. I think OU is another sneaky team with all the – 
the rich donors they have there and the, and, and the money that kind of is shadily in Oklahoma that people don't tend to realize um, they're, they're sneaky competitive. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you're not going to really match Texas's dollar. Like it's just not going to happen. The donors are too big. They want it too bad. It's been too long. They're ready to pay their way through. Um, but the ripple effect, I mean, Micah Hudson's a guy that's pretty much that's locked into Texas tech, but he can flip. Uh, that could be a major flip for us at wide receiver. Um, there's other guys that are crystal ball to us, uh, such as uh, from not even from Texas, Dominic McKinley from Louisiana, the massive defensive lineman who's, you know, rated it the hair under Simmons and Kobe black uh, on 24 seven. He could be a, the next domino to fall uh, with Kobe black, hopefully. And all of a sudden we have one of the best defensive recruiting classes in the nation uh, leaning towards best. And then you have a guy like, you have a guy like Baker who is a massive, he's a 6'5", 285 offensive tackle from modern day. And, you know, like gut check, he'd probably go to a USC in Oregon. Miami's recruited offensive linemen well uh, recently and in the past. Uh, Ohio State, Georgia, they're all in the mix. But look, Texas is right there with them. And if they're going to bring in a massive recruiting class, it's, we've seen this time and time again with our school, with other schools, like AM did it a couple of years ago. Once dominoes start to fall and uh, major recruits are a part of a massive recruiting class, other guys are going to want to flock to it and be a part of something special. So guys like Hudson, Wingo, Baker, guys that we may not have thought we can get a, m- a couple months ago, those are going to be major targets that are now within reach. Uh, not to mention the McKinley's, the Kobe Blacks. I'm curious to see if we can get Bussy uh, flip back over to Crystal Ball to us from AM. Um, so these are all guys that we're going to be watching. The Colin Simmons, though, it's a big domino to fall, and it's fallen so much earlier than the Anthony Hill domino fell. Yeah. Well, Anthony Hill, um, you know, decommitted from AM very late. So it's nice that we're sitting here in August, you know, before the even start of our football season. I mean, you know, that could definitely happen to us. You know, I'm not, not saying that, that he's for sure long or until he signs his letter of intent and he's on campus. I mean, you got to always hold your breath, but I believe that he is that type of player that's going to stay. I mean, he, he mentioned that he wanted to stay close to home, right. And kind of start something new here. And, um, I don't think he's leaving. I, there was, there was something like very weird about Anthony Hill going to AM, if we're being completely honest, you know, like AM, like, They've been struggling, you know, they've been struggling off the field, on the field, doesn't really, you know, scream culture when it comes to, you know, landing players. And, you know, I don't think that there's probably a ton of money that's going to be thrown at them as well with NIL. So, you know, it did definitely sound weird. And we talked to, you know, Alex De La Torre, you know, one of our, our Longhorn homies, you know, who, who coached Anthony Hill over at Denton Ryan. And he was saying, he's like, man, this kid grew up a Longhorn fan. Like, you know, I don't, his family wants him to go to texas like don't know why he's committed to a&m and well you know he flipped so there's definitely going to be some some uh shuffling going around as there always is when it comes to recruiting you know over the next couple of months until you know national signing day and when guys decide to enroll early and i imagine called him is one of those kids who probably enrolls early um but yeah i'm excited to see what else is in store for our longhorns i mean Obviously, we've got a promising season ahead of us, but this recruiting class couldn't be looking any better right now. Yeah, it's really, really amazing. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to diminish like it. It this is the start of something really, really, really good. Um, but I, I want to just laud the the coaching staff and the recruiters that are working for the Texas Longhorns because this is not only a major win to bring this guy to our program, but also a 
massively sending a message about the state of Texas and the recruits in Texas to the rest of the SEC. And money was absolutely a factor in this recruiting. He, he said that Texas gave him the best position to take care of his family. Um, that was a clear driving factor behind him staying at home in Texas. Certainly helps even more so that his family is in Texas. He played for Duncanville. But I, I think that, Josh, I, I think to just to kind of address what you were talking about between LSU and, and Texas, LSU wants Colin Simmons. They wanted Colin Simmons. They wanted him just because they can get good recruits elsewhere and turn guys into great pros doesn't mean that they didn't want Colin Simmons. They are disappointed that they didn't get this guy. And it's a massive win for, for Steve Sarkeesian and his program. Um, and this is the highest rated edge rusher that the Texas Longhorns have had since Jackson Jeffcoat, since 2010, since Mac Brown. That's a long time. This is not a position that we have necessarily recruited that well. Um, so I, I think just from an impact standpoint, positionally, that helps as well. You know, if he can come in immediately, I think he had 22 and a half sacks last year in high school as a junior. Um, he was an absolute beast. Like this guy, I wish he was reclassifying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, what, what this guy and, and what this can do, like you're saying, Nick and Josh, like the trickle down effect obviously is going to have massive impact, but it's, it's a huge message that we've now sent to the rest of the sec. And look, Bama is, is still has an incredible recruiting class. I know LSU has won, you know, a recent championship with the borough team, but to me, like the pecking order is still Georgia, Bama and LSU is with them, but probably the number three team we have to take them down one at a time. Like we have to continue to beat these teams in the recruiting trail, but also once we get to the conference on the field as well. Um, so I think that, you know, I, I hope that this creates kind of a budding rivalry um, where we, you know, we go back to that game where they had the, the third and long and, and they were able to convert in the season where they ended up winning the national championship. But um, I, I hope this kind of turns into a great rivalry when we get to the sec. And this is a team that we're not only recruiting against, but playing against, and, uh, you know, the rivalry exists on the field as well. Yeah. I mean, you bring up Georgia and one of the top recruits in the class is outside linebacker out of, Con out of, he went to Oak Ridge high school to Conroe, Texas, Justin Williams, and they got Georgia got him two weeks ago. So you have, you have to get the top player in your interstate. That's just, that's like the, the step one of the formula for putting together a good team. You, I mean, Alabama for sure is getting the top player in Alabama every year. If they're not, that's probably going to Auburn. But you know, at the end of the day, they're staying in Alabama. Yeah. Same um, with hopefully same with I mean Georgia, same with Florida. I mean, like I'm sick and tired of the top player in Texas going to Ohio State, right? Or going to Oklahoma. Oh yeah. Or going to LSU. It just shouldn't yeah. happen. Yeah. I'm I mean, I know we go off twenty four seven, but I'm on ESPN right now and I'm looking at it. And like you said, the top kid, Dylan Rayola out of you flipped to Georgia, the quarterback. He's the top yeah. guy from Georgia. Top kid from Bam on ESPN is is uh, Jalen Mbakwe, uh, from cornerback from Pinson, Alabama. He's going to Alabama. Like Mike Matthews, he's from Georgia, but he's going to Tennessee. Uh, Ellis Robinson, Georgia. Like it's a mix and match. But like Duncanville, Texas, like the top dog has got to go to Texas. Yeah, Colin Simmons is going to Texas. It's the same with all sports too. I mean, we're looking at Duncanville. And they produced Ron Holland as well, who was committed to our Longhorns in basketball. And then obviously decided that he was going to forego his college playing days and go to, uh, you know, what was it, Ignite? Or is it um, 
one of the NBA. Yeah, yeah, he's going to the G League at Ignite League. team. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's going to Ignite. Um, but like Duncanville, I mean, that's a hotbed right there for talent. So you, know, you got to be able to recruit in your state. You know, in both sports, especially if you're going to be considered, you know, one of the top dogs, and if you're making that move to the SEC, I think honestly, if we didn't make that move to the SEC, I don't necessarily know that we're getting Colin Simmons. I think he knows this will be the first year in the SEC for Texas when I step on campus. National spotlight's going to be all over the place. I'm going to be playing against the top players. I'm going to get a crack at that LSU team that wanted me, you know, going to get a crack against the, the, the Bama's and the Georgia's right. Those guys who are supposed to be projected, you know, first overall, first overall, maybe first round draft picks in the offensive line. So really good opportunity for a guy to showcase himself. We're sticking in the big 12. I don't say know that we're getting him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a really think- good point. I was just, I was trying to fly through like, I don't know if you go through the edge rushers in, if you go through the top edge rushers in the NFL, I could be wrong. And I was just trying to like, just trying to like go with my mind of guys that are drafted, like the Bosa brothers, Ohio State, like Big Ten, like Big Ten football. You play against the top offensive linemen, like it show. It's like a good showcase, like Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan. Um, yeah, obviously Will Anderson, Bama. You know, uh, again, like there's other guys like you could. Uh, T.J. Watt was was a Big Ten guy. Like the, these go through the whole Miles Garrett. Uh, A&M at the SEC like these go through like go through the entire all the edge guys we talk about and the top defensive players like outside of sauce Gardner like most of those guys are like big 10 or SEC guys they're not mm-hmm. like they're not really the OU guys anymore they're not like really big you know like big 12 guys are not really in the mix you have Max Crosby from the Pac-12 um, but when you're going through in the NFL and like Thibodeau from the from the pack, obviously. Yeah, it was a big pick, but he isn't, you know, he hasn't popped off yet necessarily. You know, I just think it's like again, like it's not, it's no secret, like the the SEC reigns supreme. Like yeah. Chris Chris Johnson, I'm sorry, Chris Jones, uh, who who's the, one of the top defensive tackles on the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a Mississippi State guy. Like SEC, it reigns supreme. Iron sharpens iron. It's not just in the practice field, like we talk about. It's on the playing field as well. And when you're yeah. going against the top competition, like you're saying, Nick, like, yeah, like he's going to want to go against LSU. He's going to want to go against Bama and Georgia. Like if he was going against like K-State, TCU, Iowa State, yeah, he could dominate, but it's just not as – the competition is just not as stiff. You're not getting as better, and and you're not impressing. The eyes aren't on you like that. It's yeah, well, true. look, I mean, look, at the end of the day – we're in the age of social media and we're in the age of building your brand as big as possible outside of NIL money, like life after football, life after college, at least like you want to set yourself up for success in the future. And if you look on a weekly basis, who has the most nationally televised games, it's always the SEC. You know, you're, you're not seeing Kansas state versus Baylor on a premium channel in the national spotlight. Like sure. You're going to see it, but like, it's not going to be like that premier, fox sports game that premier cbs game right you know it's i mean i know it's built out by conference but sec has always got the top matchup you know and so when we make that move over i mean every game that texas plays in the sec is going to be huge in the national media texas's first game against arkansas texas's first game against florida texas's first game against georgia like that's how it's going to be and so these guys know that, right? And they know that it's building themselves a brand. If then they show out in front of the national media, you know, your stock just rises every time, you know, you get talked about 
getting drafted in the NFL. And that's the ultimate goal. These guys want to go pro. They want to be able to have life-changing money to help their family for generations to come, right? And to, you know, give themselves the best opportunity to get there. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if you're coming to Texas, you know, all eyes are going to be on you and you're going to be going against the top dogs. Yeah. To hammer this point home, let me ask you guys this. Our first Big 12 game this year is week four against Baylor. We're at Baylor. Obviously, we're going to be watching the game. If you weren't a Texas fan, hmm. if you didn't root for the Longhorns, right? These are the other games on. We'll miss at Alabama. That's on that day. Arkansas at LSU. That's on that day. Mississippi State at South Carolina. Auburn at AM. You got UCLA at Utah. You got Florida State at Clemson. Like going through this list right here, where does our game realistically rank on the games you'd want to watch? I mean, Ohio State at Notre Dame. Last. (laughs) Like you're not watching, like you don't want to, like if you're not like a Texas fan, like you don't care that they're playing a Baylor team, which could be good or could not be. Like it could go either way for Baylor. I'm going to watch Ole Miss at Alabama. Cause that game could go. That game could be nuts. That game could be telling. That game could be Jackson Darts breakout party. Lane Kiffin, welcome to the dance. Nick Saban grabs some yeah. pine. Ole Miss heading to the CFP. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you're proving the point right here. I mean, that's and that's how it's gonna games. be. That's how it's gonna be every week for the Longhorns yeah. when they first get there. And OU will get a little bit of that too, but. It, it'll be that historic oh, first a match. Lot of bit of that. A lot of bit of that. Yeah, but a lot of bit of that. Oh, I would I mean, rather I, watch OU versus Auburn. All you have to do is look and see how college football fans look at the program of Texas A&M now since they've joined the SEC in comparison to Nick, especially for you and I growing up in Texas, the national kind of buzz around Texas A&M at the time prior to the, when they were in the Big 12. It is a completely different world that the Aggies are living in in comparison to where they were before. Josh, you you probably ask never me. even watched a Texas A&M. Ask me, yeah. I was gonna say you ask like me, like who did I watch growing up as like an Ohio East State. Coaster? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I grew up an Ohio State fan, so I watched Ohio State every game. But I watched Texas. I watched USC. They were exciting yeah. when I was a kid. USC, Texas had like Colt McCoy. Like I know I rooted for Colt McCoy. I had no idea I was ever going to go to Texas, dude. Like, I didn't know. I was like, the school's cool. I could. Like, I'm not saying on my radar, but I grew up rooting for Colt McCoy, Vince Young. I love these players. Like, right. those are – I didn't love A&M players. Yeah, you, you you weren't really, like, paying attention to what Stephen McGee and mm-hmm. no, and, bro. and Reggie McNeil were doing when well, it was in the Northeast. Pretty boring team in our, in our youth, at least, us. Like, when we were growing up in Texas, like, Texas A&M was pretty boring to watch. Von Miller is like my first real memory of like an AM guy in well, 2011. Yeah, 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 sure. He, I mean, he was like the one that kind of really set the stage. And then, of course, everyone knows what happened. There's a documentary on it now on Netflix. Johnny Football transcended that program in 2012, winning the Heisman as a redshirt freshman in conjunction with them joining the SEC, right? Yes, first year in the SEC. So, I mean, if but you don't think that people are watching, you know that a lot of these recruits are watching that documentary and thinking, oh, Johnny Football, oh, Texas and OU joined the ICC. You know, like there's got to be a little something there too. I think that really helps our recruiting you know, process. I mean, this came at a really opportune time for the, the horns. But if you haven't seen the documentary, I know there's not a lot of AM fans, a lot of Aggies that listen to this show, watch the show. 
but you should go check it out because Johnny Menzel yeah. deep down is a Longhorn. He wanted to come to Texas. And they even up, that. I, we've said this on the show often. How many times I I saw him? I don't know about you guys, but I saw him in Austin all, all the time. time. Parties, Fiji out house, on Sixth yeah. Street, going out, frat party. Yeah, the whole the whole nine yards. His dad in the documentary was like, since the day he was, you know, could walk, he always wore Longhorn stuff. Wanted to be a Longhorn his whole life. Didn't work out. Got offered a full ride to A and M. And kind of just went with it. <laughs> I mean, I haven't but seen now we're in a it yet, and I really want yeah. to because I, after our discussion yesterday, with we kind of like not get into it on the couch before our other one of our other recordings, but we were talking about it, like how good he was in college for his, for his uh, redshirt freshman year versus his redshirt sophomore year. So like, uh, after we were, y'all had left my crib, I was like, well, how good was he his redshirt sophomore year? He was great, bro. He balled yeah. out. Like he could have gone back to back. He could have gone back to back. Dude, but he had 37 are, tucks as yeah, a who, in the air, and then he who, had a new one in 2013. I'll look it up, dude. His stats were ridiculous. Was it running back? It might have been Derrick Henry, right? Was it Richardson? Or it was one of the Bama running backs, right? One of the Bama running backs, like, dude, his stats were so ridiculous. I was like, his, his, I think I think he was already a villain, you know, after his, oh, yeah. his sophomore season, right? He had already gotten trouble, yeah, for like the autograph thing, and so. You know, a lot of it's also storyline as well. It was Jameis mm-hmm. that won that next year? <clears throat> okay. It was well, Jameis? I mean, there's also a villain there too, but... <laughs> well, yeah, he wasn't but he the villain a, he had a pretty, either. Right, he had a pretty tremendous year. It was prior to the cafeteria fiasco. Um, and they won. They won like, the, the whole legs. thing. They won the whole thing. But Johnny, as a, as a, as a sophomore, he threw for 4,000 yards and 37 touchdowns. He was a better quarterback, like quarterback, quarterback. His sophomore year than he was his fresh. His, I mean, his redshirt freshman year, and he yeah. still ran for nine touchdowns, not twenty-one touchdowns like the year before. <laughs> it's insane, insane. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I think about a guy like him, and it's an interesting uh, kind of perspective piece. But with Colin Simmons, you know, with him declaring that he's he's committing to Texas, we talk about Nick. You were mentioning these guys want to make life-changing money in the NFL. We are offering life-changing money as a college athlete. And that yeah. is something that is second to none. I mean, that is indispensable for anyone's life going yeah. forward. So that's that's just the type of program that we can be. And, and we're in this position in, in the modern era where NIL is here and, and we have the ability to do that. And so we have to go get these recruits, like y'all were saying, at the, at the top of the state. And I'm looking at like 247 and that's just one place, right? But like the top 20, there's not enough Longhorns there. Yeah. When you get to like 35 plus, like we've done a really good job, I feel like, of recruiting from like the 35 to 75, getting those four stars, those three stars. Um, but still, like like y'all were mentioning, like Georgia has a guy, a top guy. Clemson has a top guy. <clears throat> That's fine if I see Texas A&M and Texas Tech. Like Tyree Wilson just went. We we're talking about edge rushers. Like, oh yeah, he did. Sorry, Apologies, he just went Tyree the first Wilson. round. And but I will say that even though he's a top 15 pick, so does Zuma from K State. Even though he was a top 15 pick, the way that he was compared to Will Anderson, the biggest criticism was who did he play against? Right. Batting from behind. Yeah. And I mean, it was such an evident thing in the, the giant football documentary, too, about how money, you know, is a driving force for him as a college kid, right? Going out and selling autographs. So, I mean, like all these kids think it. I mean, at the end of the day, like you're 18, 19 years old and you have the opportunity to get thrown hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, where you were literally last year eating cafeteria food. 
like it's it's life changing. It's so hard to say no to. And I kind of want to compare us to like the Yankees, the Dodgers, you know, like the Mets, like th- these organizations that have a lot of money in baseball. Like if you have the luxury to be able to do that, right? And you're not a small market team, go out and get the cream of the crop. Go out and get the best players possible. And look, I mean, like it's a privilege to have this opportunity, but like you got to capitalize on it. You know, you can't be whiffing. You have to go out and spend the money if it's, I mean, that's just how the, the playing field is these days, you know, like you just got to level it out. And if you're able to throw some cash at people, I mean, obviously, you know, we saw why Quinn Ewers ended up coming back to Texas, right? He originally committed to us then decommitted, went to Ohio state and then transferred, got I mean, a better could, deal, got a better deal here at Texas. I could kind of tell it firsthand. Like, I don't think I've ever said it on the show. Like when I was thinking about going to colleges, like, what Texas was able to provide like financially, like, like they could just throw money at you. And like, it matters like for families, like if they're going to yeah, give I mean, you money, you, you got a free education. Yeah. But like, once they offered me that, like it was pretty much, I, I have two younger sisters, like, you know, and they're not, like, they don't, there's no guarantee they're going to get that wherever they go or whatever. And so on. Like, yeah. Once they offer you these kind of like money that helps your family out financially, it makes it a really tough decision to say no. I mean, just think about it. Like the money that someone were to spend on tuition, right? For for you, just a regular student throughout the course of college is more than a down payment on a house. Like as an out of stater for sure. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. You know, I mean, nowadays like you only really need like maybe under a hundred thousand dollars put a down payment on a house. Like it, legitimately you, it's a house, you know, or, or multiple cars. Like these are things you use every day in life that you need every day in life. You know, I mean, talk about rent, you know, and, and groceries and just like in general, I mean, to have what these kids are having, like Colin Simmons, I, I imagine his numbers probably around $500,000, maybe, maybe getting a little closer to a million. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's like, you could, like, he can go out and buy a house right now in Texas. Like, I fly out with cash. I mean, not going to be the nicest now that like housing markets kind of boomed in Austin, but like you're pretty set right now as a young man, you know, you could start moving your assets around and start investing and you could start building your wealth for when you're 30 years old. Like it's pretty, it's pretty phenomenal now. And I feel bad for the college athletes, you know, that missed this boat. You know I mean? You know that everyone's, I mean, Quan's jealous, you know, that the happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you get like, he gets a, he $500,000, let's say through all the cuts with agents, taxes, I mean, not taxes in Texas, agents, um, like certain school things that he has to deal with, his own personal money and family. Let's say he has like, okay, savings wise, $100,000. You don't have to go and get that mortgage in Austin, Texas. There are how many other places in Texas that are slowly coming up yeah. that will grow like in Texas. Like that I, mean, are- I, I see I see McKinney all the time in, in my uh Instagram. It's like here's a house you can buy in McKinney. Like it's like it looks like a thirty million dollar home in, in Los Angeles. Yeah, you and buy it in like- McKinney, Texas, you put it down a down payment for thirty thousand dollars. You rent that thing out, right? Charge the rent, have them pay your mortgage. Once your mortgage is paid forget the loan swap you can do but you can do a loan swap to retake a loan to pay the rest of it but there's like a net you can gain and you could get your whole mortgage paid plus get a massive net really quickly and then you can flip the house because it's get higher value and take the money there profit the mortgage swap and then you can or the the loan swap and then you can go buy another house 
Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And like, you just have to have a guy like all the, and he doesn't have to do squat. He just has to have a money guy that takes a cut. Oh, for sure. Does all this. Who would have thought Horns Up was giving you real estate advice and and financial advice and also talking about recruiting? Via, via, we got you covered. Via uh, Mike O'Brien and TikTok questions and answers. Uh, (laughs) Take it up with him. I it's your buddy who lives in Austin. Yeah. Shout out uh, just a, a quick one, quick pivot to, to hoops, but um, 2024 guard Cam Scott just uh, from Lexington, South Carolina committed to Rodney Terry's staff um, to be nice. joining the the hoop squad. Um, six, five, one sixty five. It's a nice little recruit there. So nice little recruit. He, said, hey, he, look. he said, he said, Texas felt like home and that's why he's making oh, this we love that. And I love, we love that, man. He's a, he's nationally. What is he? He's 32 <clears throat> nationally. He committed today. Oh wow! He is a, just yeah, he literally just committed. Yeah, he's a five star. He's a five star. Wow. It's crazy. Cam Scott, Rodney Terry staff, number top. Who says he can't recruit? Top four. Hey, num- number one player in South Carolina. So I mean, South South Carolina, you blew it. You got to get the top. They absolutely in, did, and they and they were consi- He was considering South Carolina, Alabama, Clemson. Auburn, Oregon, Ole Miss. So that just goes to show. Also, us moving to the SEC for basketball, like. Those schools are in the mix. They have gotten so much better from a recruiting standpoint um, and from a performance standpoint. I mean, you look and see what Auburn has done recently, right? What Tennessee has done, Alabama too, how many guys they've sent to the league in the last 10 years. Like SEC basketball is on the rise, which is uh, feels weird to say, but it really is in comparison to where it was 15 years ago. We know the football uh, conference has always been there, but this is a big deal for us joining the SEC from a basketball standpoint and salute to, to Rodney Terry and the squad for bringing in Cam Scott. That's huge. It's huge. Yep. Yep. Massive. Two big, Massive. Two big pieces of news that just broke. So hang with us. Hopefully next week we'll have even better news. Maybe Kobe Black will be a Longhorn. That he will be. Fisher to Southwest next. Kreider. Got Quan Cosby back in the mix when the season starts to talk some ball. Get your horns up. It's going to be a – things are looking good in August. It's an August is an orangey fun summery month. Burn orange headed into the fall. We love it. Hook them horns, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.